God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one buck. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gara. It's Dave okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. It's the old news sound. It's, I mean, I know what you were going for, but it doesn't. It's sound uh, like news with Dave and Gary. No, nothing's changed. What do you mean? Nothing's changed. At, when would something? Why would something have changed? I don't know. You, you just, thought because of the Kickstarters, people things would no, change? No, not even because of that. No, just figured. You know, figured we this done. was the moment. Well, I just did, it didn't feel like we were going to do more noises, and I'd be Gary right up top. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what my. I don't know what I expected, but it's interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well. So we want to thank everyone for the Kickstarter. First, I want to thank everyone for the Kickstarter. That was. Uh, I mean, it's not even over. <laughs> So going for another 24 days or something. But you guys did it uh, in uh, like 30 hours. Pretty uh, much not expecting that. Was expecting uh, it would go to the last minute. I'd be like. Like a telethon where you're like, we got to save these kids. Yes, I started it at midnight. So because I think that's a good time in Australia and the U.S. Anyway, I started at midnight. I think that's like. No, maybe it's, it's too late over there. I think it's at night, in the I middle of the no day-ish. Sure. 16-hour difference, whatever. Okay. So um, so it's Thursday. There's 16 hours ahead. Right. So anyway, so um, I thought that would be a good time for both. And I could do like a countdown. Hey, in America, it's midnight. And I would be pushing people. And then all of a sudden, 30 hours, it's over. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I didn't. No, it's amazing. Really, and thank really, you. Yes, yeah, thank really you nice. very much. Uh, so Everybody. we have enough mar- money to take Gary. And um, Gary. See, what and they don't know is just that I gave a little grin of like, God damn it. So you were like, I'll do it more. <laughs> I gave a little smile like, son of a bitch. And you're like, oh, two more Garys for that smile. That's your text. <laughs> your text, two Garys for saying it's okay with your face. Um, uh, And then there's still a couple more prizes on there. I really want someone to take the tandem bike ride with you. Did that happen? Have you looked? I don't know, but I'm ready. There's a tandem I'm, bike ride up. Uh, you can take it with Gary, and then Gary will do your dishes and uh, stand up for 10 minutes in your house. Yeah, but I'm also – I want to ride front on the tandem bike. Oh, yeah, no. no negotiation. Oh, no, you're in control. Yeah. I mean, come on. I'm a grown-ass yeah, man. Oh, yeah. no. I'm riding front of the no, bike. You, oh, no. Gary's in control. Thank you. And you can call him Gary. Well, um, definitely. Podfest. Not hap- that people happen- need permission to call me Gary. No, they no. don't. They can yeah. do whatever they want. Well, they've done whatever they want. <laughs> So I want to get into this. John Africa. We starting? Yep. John Africa? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you not know about John Africa? No. Given it's how the name he was born into? John no, Africa? he was not born with that name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just... That's the name you pick. I'm Danny Louisiana. <laughs> so, John Vincent Africa. Lopez Leaphart was born on July 6, 1931... At the now demolished Philadelphia General Hospital. Okay. Starting out in Philly. Sure. He was raised in the tough, tight, and gritty neighborhood behind the Philadelphia Zoo. 
It's a weird, yeah, right? Yeah, it yeah. is a weird. That is weird. Yeah. You wake up, you're like, the zebras are fucking. <laughs> That's just, that leads to grit and toughness. Yeah. Uh, he was a quiet type boy, a family friend recalls. He liked dogs, the animals, and mostly stayed by himself. All right. So he's, okay. an, he's, he's an animal loner. Sure. A, a Michael Jackson of sorts. Yes. Uh, the Lipharts uh, were God-fearing Baptists. His father worked as a handyman. Mm-hmm. He and his wife had uh, Leany May Lephart. That's her name, Leany May. That's a that's a, not a good name. That Lini hasn't caught on. I'll say no. that. I haven't heard. I haven't um, heard of another one. They had ten children, six boys and four girls. She Jesus. stayed home and cared for them. Yeah. Until uh, she died in her early forties, and then you can't care for the children anymore because you're, you're dead. Dead. Yeah. Uh, so the father fell to pieces. Instead of being like, all right, we're going to make this shit run. We're going to make it happen. He went, give it yeah. We're going to be a sitcom. He... <laughs> One dad, ten kids. <laughs> Who's blackish? <laughs> yeah, just the 30 of us. And... <laughs> it's uh... called overwhelming debt. <laughs> <laughs> it's called half of you going to make it. Half you're going to be eaten by the other half. Okay, so he uh, he fell to pieces. He just became like sickly and didn't you know couldn't really function anymore. Sure. Um, Vincent was short, very thin boy, so underweight that the school doctor twice made notes about it. By the age of nine, he had been classified as orthogenetically backward. Wow. Well, for, I don't even know what it is. And Horrible disease name for him. Educably, I don't know how to say this, educably mentally retarded. He, wait. Was the, that's the definition. That's he the, was that's mentally the retarded. Educa- educa- okay, it's a different thing. Edu- it's, it's you have such a low IQ, but you're not, you don't have downs. So you're in the middle. So it's like an education, it's an education definition. Okay. So it means... That in his whole life, if he learned as hard as he could, if he got every, all the information that he could take in, he would learn to a fifth or sixth grade level. Wow. Jesus. Uh, but he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd be like able to – right. He'd be able to like take care of himself and live on his own and speak and okay. But yeah. he can't like – he's not going to be able, he's not going to be a good reader and, you know. Yeah. He'd be like 40 and he'd be like, right, when's recess? <laughs> he's still in sixth grade. He's always in sixth grade. Want to practice division? <laughs> uh, no, this is our job. We work at a... All right, I'm going to go play tetherball. <laughs> See you guys at lunch. Okay. When he was first tested, his IQ was measured at 84. Okay. It's not it's high. Not, but it's not terrible. No, it it's really, like George it really, Bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this guy can run the country for a while. <laughs> Fair. Uh, tested again eight years later at age 15... His score fell to 79. So oh he was going down five every eight years. So at the end of his life, he's going to be like a potato. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what Mork suffered from. <laughs> he had Mork disease. Yeah. Um, his scholastic ability had reached the third grade level when at age 16 he dropped out. So he Jeez. was 16 and he could read like a third grader. But not only just read, but just in general, his disposition was sort of. I don't think his of, disposition it is. It was just I, like it was just when it came to education. Okay, that's why it was. It's called edu. Mm, you got word. it for that word. Educably mentally retarded. Is, okay. it's just about your education. Okay. Um. So um. Yeah. So he drops out. So that's a good. 
That's yeah, good. So like, I don't see what else you is good. You read like a third grader? Things are good. Sh- put on the cape. Get things out there. Things are good. Make it happen. To the city, my friend. Uh, at 17, he was arrested for an armed holdup and stealing a car. Drafted by the Army, he served for more than a year with the infantry during Korea. When he returned from Korea, he met and married Dorothy Clark on March 11th, 1961. Okay. So he was dumb. Yes. But he's getting some. Yeah. And he got married. Yeah, girls so, like the dumb guys. Yeah, yeah, some of them do. He's so sweet, you know. She'd be like, so what do you want to do? He'd be like, want to go chase those rabbits? She's like, <laughs> I love how complicated he is. He's a dreamer. Vincent was a cheerful man who loved classic. Did you see the guy on Twitter that said that I, you were funny and I'm not? That made me laugh so hard. Oh, wait, the the one you had you had the blocked conversation. Yeah, the block conversation? yeah I'm just gonna yeah. block you. Yeah, he just, he's like, why don't you block me? And you're like done. <laughs> you were just one wording your way through it. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, uh, Vincent was a cheerful man who loved classical music in those days. He dressed well and was a vigorous talker and debater. Wait, right? That's the thing that you have to understand is that. He's not – he doesn't come across as an idiot when you meet him. But a debater is somebody who is very good at, like, weighing facts and right. argue. So this is someone that I would – I would feel like that would fall under this umbrella of his retardation. If you, if you met him, you wouldn't know until he said, I can't read yeah. or I can't wow. – can you, can you – what – I have five coins – if I take away one, how, what is that? Like then, then he's sorry? confused. Didn't you just win a debate? How many coins are left? <laughs> if you take two of my five, please tell me. Please. You just won the on the debate. Please, team. how many coins? Three. I knew it. Um. Uh. So. Um. Then he moved. He was married. Uh. And and he moved to um New York City. Oh, wait, his wife, this is right. He had firm ideas about everything. His wife described him as a very deep thinker. So everyone who met him thought he was very philosophical and a deep thinker. Uh-huh. Uh, Vincent moved to New York City where he studied and practiced interior decorating. So <laughs> it put a strain on his marriage, which being gay for a couple <laughs> of years will do. If you go, honey, I'm going to go be gay in New York for a couple of years. Honey, which one of these blue pastels do you like better for the living room? Like, I'm leaving you. <laughs> What? Uh, so that put us around the marriage. His wife was like, you got to come back because we, you can't be a gay interior designer in New York. Yeah. And he was like, all right. So he came back. Um, when he came back, he discovered Dorothy was following the teachings of a group known the Kingdom of Yewa. Way yay. Here we go. Y-A-H-W-E-H. Oh, wait. Isn't that Yahweh? Yahweh? Yeah, Yahweh. Yeah. Is that a thing? Is yeah, that a thing you've a, heard of? A, yeah. That's a, Is that a big thing? It's, isn't it a? Uh, it's something from the Bible. Yahweh. I can't. I, don't read, I never read the. I know. Read. I never read the. I was supposed to read the Bible. It was in Catholic school, but I didn't. But it. I know that. I believe it's a symbol. A symbol of Yahweh. Maybe I'm crazy. No, you might be right. But uh, this is where it starts. This is where. This is this. This is where. Oh my man! It so doesn't start here. It extolled the Talk glories. Like it ex- <laughs> <laughs> We're so not dolloping yet. It extolled the glories of reincarnation and the power of pyramids. That's not in the Bible. There's no, no. There's no part where the Jesus was like, Pyramids, <laughs> motherfuckers! No, Look, no. At that. Look at the eye at the top of that one! <laughs> so, 
followers swore off meat and adopted a natural diet. Vincent, however, kept on eating meat, and in 1967, the couple separated. They last saw each other in May 1968. Vincent moved to Powelton in Philadelphia in 1970. It was a cooperative neighborhood near the campuses of the University of Pennsylvania and Drexel. So it's a co-op. It's a neighborhood okay. co-op. So okay. it's fucking liberal hippie. It's that scene. Sure. It's that time of the. It's that time in the world. Yeah, you walk down the, the street, summer love joint. is happening yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. It's all that stuff. Hey Jeff, you want to make some shoes? All right, man. Cool. Let's... I'll bring my blanket. We can sit on it. <laughs> so, um, in 1971, manif- the manifesto of the community. Uh, Housing Incorporated bore 14 names, including Vincent Lepartz. Palton uh, in the late 60s and early 70s was a place where a lot of people were involved in liberal politics and social justice, civil rights, the women's movement, the Vietnam War. They were peaceful. They worked to change things from within the system. It was a variety of people, artists, musicians, college students, professors, I'm sure. People didn't lock their doors. It's that kind of place, man. Come on in, Jimmy. They were friendly and open. (laughs) They had collective principles, like love, my brother. All right. Sure. And uh, come on in, Jimmy. And come on in, Jimmy. <laughs> All decision-making is not hierarchical non-authoritarian, and open to the entire membership, reads the document. The collective does not claim to be a substitute for revolution in our oppressive society. Oh, boy. Yep. So they they got together and they made a bunch of words that no one would care about. Yeah, their manifesto should be yeah. like, easily taken advantage of. <laughs> We're going to invite weirdos in. <laughs> Super easy to trust and get that trust broken. <laughs> so it was the exact type of neighborhood that had a tolerance for extremists. That's a problem. Like Ira Einhorn, a bushy-bearded guru of counterculture who would meander around naked, claimed he organized the first Earth Day in 1970, and then murdered his girlfriend and ran away to France. Sorry? What? Uh, That's the brief story of Ira Einhorn. And he was allowed to hang. He was one of the people walking around naked, and then, you know, he's a counter. Oh, yeah, tell us more, man. And he's like, I started Earth Day. And then all of a sudden, he killed his girlfriend upstairs in the apartment and ran away to France. Cool, man. Where they didn't have. I don't think they could extradite him until, I want to say, 2000 and something. Jesus. Yeah, it was something crazy. Um, By this time, Vincent was no longer a nice dresser. Okay. He had dreadlocks. All right. He was roaming the streets trailed by a pack of dogs. Um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) A pack is strong. He was an unread man who walked around spouting philosophy. Jesus. With dogs. Yeah. (laughs) To make money, Vincent would walk dogs or sell horse meat as dog food. I read that and I'm like, where did he get the horse? Yeah, What's man. happening? What is there? Like, do you go out of the docks and there's a guy with a horse and a can and you take yeah. a bunch out? Like, hey man, I want to buy some horse for my dogs. Hey, uh, I need nine pounds of horse. And then what does he do? And then he walks around the co-op like with a a bag of horse and he's like, hey man, do you want to feed your dog? Hey, here, let me. Could you mind if I feed your dog some horse? <laughs> How does any of it work? Hey, cool man. Hey, you know what? I realize that I only have a third grade education, but I think I'm going to go into just selling horse meat on the streets. Hey, man, if you take away two of my dogs out of my five, how many are left? <laughs> Seven. Uh, cool, man. Have some horse meat. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. 
Um, so that's him. He he's so that's him. Everyone he's likes got a to, wild pack of dogs that he feeds horse meat. Too. Yeah, it's, yeah. He's uh, everyone likes to talk to him. He was about to lose um, his rented row house on Pearl Street when the housing co-op stepped in and bought it for him so he could remain. Wow. So that's how much they liked him. They liked him a lot. They fucking love Vinny Vin. Yep. Um, about a year after he moved in, neighbors looked out one day and saw a young white man standing on Vincent's porch with an armload of papers. I thought he was some kind of school teacher. A neighbor says, but he wasn't. Vincent had found his first disciple. Oh, okay. So now I can say, here we go. <laughs> this is the new Yahweh. A man named Donald Glassy. Donald Glassy had a new degree in social work. He was trying to find himself, and in doing so, he met Vincent. Vincent had all the answers Glassy was looking for. After listening to Vincent philosophizing, Glassy told him he should write this down. Vincent said, I don't know how to write. Which at that point would give you a weird like yeah. pause. Yeah. Unless he was like writings for losers. That's what I would have done completely. Yeah. Yeah. Been like, oh, you I, write? You know who else writes? The white man. You I write it down, man. man. I wrote it down in my memories. <laughs> so when Vincent But seriously, can you please write that down? <laughs> Glassy off- offered to write them down for him. Nice. Vincent dictated and Glassy typed what became known as the book or the guidelines. 300 pages that laid out Vincent's anti-technology, back-to-nature views. Okay. The two men moved into Glassy's apartment to work on the guidelines. They carried out their work in an apartment house that was owned by the housing co-op. After years' labor, the guidelines were complete. This was the founding of the Christian Movement for Life, which would soon just become known as MOVE. Do you know what it is yet? Nope. Much of it was some of the strangest. Nervous. Much of it was some of the strangest po- prose I had ever read. Said a former co-op member. The metaphor I remember was cloaked in vomit. It was filled with metaphors like that. The book was filled with an accusatory tone attacking science and technology. I love that electricity is cloaked in vomit, man. Cloaked in vomit. Cloaked, yeah. So, so that's the level of like. Then you get that you get like the level of maybe stupidity. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's actually involved here. Like you're like, how is he philosophizing? Well, not well. Like Nietzsche wasn't like people are puking on that shit, man. He's covered in doo doo. <laughs> it's totally what it was. Then Glassy and Vincent began living the lifestyle. So you they. Ready? Okay. <laughs> they refused to use roach spray in their apartment. Fearing, roach spray? Fearing it would harm the dogs. Soon the entire building came invest- infested with roaches. So they just, wait, they brought the roaches? Or they just... We'll get to that. Oh, boy. When three co-op members were sent to confront them, Vincent was very hostile. This was the first time anyone had seen this side of Vincent. And he said, if you're not with me, you're against me. Mm. What other idiot said that years later? <laughs> George Bush. So, the co-op began evicting proceedings in the winter of 1973. Do you know how much? Do you know how much of a fuckhead you have to be to get a co-op to evict you? So they evicted Vincent. They're trying. Yeah, they're trying they, to. Yeah. So, a so pack Vincent of dogs. then a pack of dogs and, glassy. and, and roaches and yeah. I assume rats and like yeah, I mean, every yeah, kind of vermin. Serpents. If there's roaches, there's fucking everything in there. <laughs> So Vincent and Glassy moved out. They're like, fuck this shit. We'll take move somewhere else. We'll Anywhere will house five dogs, two crazy people, and a handful of roaches. <laughs> Vincent moved across the street to a massive Victorian house. In classic hippie fashion, the guy who owned the building thought Vincent was a bit of a, quote, strong character and they had a bit of, quote, brutality about him. But 
Those are bad things for a tenant. But I felt compassion. I didn't know anybody who didn't have a place to live. Classic. This is how it all fucking starts. Yeah. You're like, no, everybody's cool, man. Everybody's yeah, man. cool. Trust him. So what? There's fucking roaches. He'll go over here and it'll be fine. Like, this is the guy that fucked everything yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, the guy with the big heart. He's yeah, like, man. Oh. I don't, I've never seen a homeless guy before. We got to put him in this big house over here. <laughs> can you believe this shit? Dude doesn't have a place to live. Man, can you believe that? You learned that lesson one time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, fuck him. I'm not giving him change then. The tenants in the building quickly became concerned about all the dogs and the now parade of move supporters going through the building. So they decided to sell the house. It was bought by Donald Glassy. Oh, gee, how the fuck did he buy it? Well, I don't think houses were that much back then. <laughs> like 500 bucks, you get a house. Seriously. <laughs> Vincent was like, 500 what? Ah, head hurt. <laughs> There are still people from the neighborhood to this day who think Glassy founded Move. Many people think then and still think today that Glassy worked for the FBI and was brought in to destroy the co-op. Jesus. Yeah. What? Well, the FBI was all about destroying co-ops. They're <laughs> <laughs> so fucking bored. Okay. But there was a lot of fucking counterculture people in this area. Yeah, like, we, but still, their I, I know a guy that grew up there. Their counterculture was to that of like... But think about it, They were also like... There were Black Panther types yeah, then, and so right. there were. So this this neighborhood had that whole flavor to it. There's going to be like the Warriors. There's going to there's going to be probably like um, uh, like strong anti-war voices yes. and uh, leaders of that type. So there's all kinds of people. So it is something that actually the FBI would fuck with. And my friend who grew up there said phones were tapped in the neighborhood, and Jesus. so it, it was a legitimate. Like the FBI being after you was actually a legitimate thing. Yeah. Um. So, at the beginning, Move seemed like a peace-loving group. They picketed the zoo, oh, demanding demanding that the animals be set free. Okay, which they can live with us, man. Yeah, where are they gonna? What are you gonna? What do you? What's your end goal with? Do lions like dogs? Hey, man. Okay, you know what? You win. Here's a hippo. Like, what are you? Uh, what, they're really your... aggressive. <laughs> turns out. Hey, can you get this one not to eat my arm like this? Hey, this one keeps charging. He's like a dickhead hippo. <laughs> Keep him. Free isn't, the nices. Isn't it so fucked up that hippos are these terrifying Dude, animals? Because you should just be able to just, hug them. Yeah. They're so big and they look so cartoons, ridiculous. Cartoons yes. ruin you. Ruin you for fucking hippos. Yeah, hippos. You and have no like, idea that it's like. Let me put the napkin around my neck before I eat. Yeah, yeah. but it's actually like a life, big like, round oh. dragon. Murder you without question. Runs faster than you ever will. So they wanted to set all the animals free. Uh, they protested outside of a pet store, saying they didn't see the difference between pet stores and Auschwitz. What? Uh, no, I just totally agree. <laughs> I couldn't agree with them more. I mean, name, okay. one, name one difference. Okay, Auschwitz was a place where they killed two. humans. Name two differences. Okay, well, bingo, lost me. <laughs> Can't name two. We don't see any difference between putting Jews in Auschwitz, napalming Vietnam, or enslaving black people and enslaving puppies. And as a Jew walks Glassy by, he's like, Jesus. Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> they're not enslaved. They're pets that you feed and they love you. <laughs> Same thing with Jews, man. Okay, fuck you. <laughs> they're letting these Jews run in those big wheels in there, too, in their little cages. That's not what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, and they love mulch. <laughs> so, so they clearly were a group of idiots. Yes. 
It sounds like they were led by a third grader. Yeah. <laughs> There's no difference between these animals and the Jews. <laughs> Jesus. But Move was – oh, wait. Uh, they got their biggest headlines when they handcuffed talk show host Mike Douglas in his studio to retaliate for an episode in which an errant chimpanzee had been handcuffed and shot with a tranquilizer dart after running amok during a taping. So they went into the studio during <laughs> taping a lot and there. handcuffed him because they'd seen on TV that a monkey got loose and they someone had to trank him. Chimps are fucked up, yeah, so they had to. Yeah, tra- they, this is why you don't want them out of the zoo. They run around in studios and do horrible things. <laughs> That's the only other option. Fine, we'll just put them on talk shows. <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> it's either or. There's no in between, guys. There's not another choice. What do you want from us? Do you want them in zoos or do you want them on the Mike Douglas show? Make up your fucking minds. <laughs> so. Uh, but Move had always been violent. The people in the co-op learned this firsthand. After Vincent and the co-op had their falling out, he quit the co-op. Yeah. Uh, then the leaders of the co-op had their houses picketed and their lives were repeatedly threatened. So he's just like, it's like if you come over here and I'm like, all right, the people next door have these two kids and the kids think it's fun to throw their balls in our yard. So I'm constantly throwing the balls back and the kids are laughing. So Gareth... Can, you want to pick it today? Yeah, let's go over there and make their lives hell. <laughs> so just picketing your neighbors. Yeah. Like, that's also a third grade. You know what we're going to do? We're going to protest. Yeah, protest the neighbors. Shout at them. We'll shout our way out of this one. You motherfucker, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you hear me, Julie, you fucking bitch. Down with Julie. Boo, down with Julie. Down with Julie. Down with Julie. <laughs> So, so the, as they walked down the street, they were in, neighbors were encircled. They were cursed. They were shoved. And perhaps the most vi- <laughs> and, the, and perhaps the most violent incident: a move member kicked a co-op member in the face, breaking his nose because he had refused to nod hello when the two passed in the hallway. Wow! So it's it's picking up. Nod, nod, hello from now on. Yeah. That's oh yeah. Thing. You learned your lesson. You nod. Give me a nod. Can you imagine the next time they walk by each other, it's like, "How you doing, man? You good? You cool? Yeah. See you later. Okay. Man. Yeah. You nod. 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 Yeah. Nod, nod. That's nod. right. You yep. think. You think about the puppies. Okay. Nodding. Yep. You see you later, think, man. You, all good right. To see you. You let a puppy go today, motherfucker. <laughs> Vincent was now rarely seen on the street. Okay. So he's not out that much, and he had a new name. I'm pretty excited. Obviously, John Africa. There it is. He chose Africa because he wanted to pay homage to Africa as the continent where all life began. I'm sure that they appreciated the hell out yeah, of it. Yeah, they did. Sure, word got there. He probably got a plaque from Africa. Yeah, probably, one he couldn't read. Thank you. <laughs> Good luck figuring out what this says. It just says, please fuck off. He's like, look at that huge award. <laughs> Move was a haven for drug users, ex convicts, and lost souls. Cool. John Africa played the father figure, advising, cajoling, ordering. To win his approval, members had to change their diets, swear off junk food and meat, and become physically fit. Okay. I think that's okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not the worst thing. Listen, this is it's what so Michelle Obama's like, doing. It's like joining CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. It's yeah. joining a gym. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a New Year's cult. It's like everyone's making their New Year's resolutions. Right. Yeah. yeah. No more meat. I'm going to work out. Uh, keep the dogs. Keep the dogs. Periodically, they were sent on an activity ordered by John Africa. They would go to demonstrate at the local police station to disrupt talks by Jane Fonda or meetings of the Board of Education. All the while, their leader stayed hidden. 
Which this I don't get. Now Jane Fonda was against the war, yeah, was so it? they yeah. were going out and protesting they Jane didn't like Fonda. How she was doing it. <laughs> hey, you're too pretty, lady. Hey, fuck you, Fonda. You're protesting wrong. While his forty or so followers clashed almost daily with the authorities, tallying into hundreds of arrests, never once was John Africa picked up. Mm-hmm. Okay. John Africa always made sure he wouldn't be identified, but he was always there in the background, sitting down the street. While the commotion went on. Jesus. Yeah, so it's a little... Yeah. Yeah, it's a little Hitler. All right, you guys go over there and really let them know. Fuck shit I'm up. Gonna I'm going to be down here burning some incense. Get a coffee, grab some, burn some incense. Get a scone. You guys heard of scones? Okay, you guys like scones? I'll get a bunch for when you're done. Go handcuff yourself to Mike Douglas. I'll be here. Now, this part's a little weird because I couldn't find out a lot of information about it. In 1976, when MOVE members were released from another arrest... They were coming home. They were at the house. Something started with the police again. A kerfuffle. A kerfuffle. They had a clash with police. And a baby ended up dying. Whoa. Okay. So there was a baby. And I think, I think what it was, from what I could try to gather, because there's so many different pieces of information about this, and there's a documentary that they just kind of briefly, and then a baby died. And then they moved on. Coming up. <laughs> and then they just moved on. But I think, I think what it sounds like is that a baby had already died, and then after the clash with the police, they were like, you killed the baby. Like, it sounds like uh, upstairs in the house. Oof. So it's fucked up. So they're living train spotting. But, th- yeah, but then they can also point the finger now. Yeah. This, you killed this baby today, even though it looks like it's been dead yeah, for three a weeks. a while, a while. Yeah. Move had a family structure. Everyone was given a new... It's a feel-good story. It is a feel-good story. It's yeah. a feel-good story. This doesn't end well, this story. Are you sure? Yeah. I feel like it's gonna end fine. It's not gonna end great. I feel like it's end fine. <laughs> you know what? You know what the ending is? And they exploded into flowers. <laughs> and there they sat. <laughs> Move had a family structure. Everyone was given a new age. A fun. One. Whoa. Okay. Everyone is one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're one year old now. You're in. Hello, goo 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 gaga. <laughs> Shake your keys at me. <laughs> I think that so. Yeah, I don't. It, it seems like so. It's a way to stop a hierarchy and just say, "Well, you're one." Like, there's no parents. Or, or now anything. it's like now it's like you're living. Now you're actually born into the system you were supposed to be born into. So now I would say you that, start to count your years. No, it's they're not going to start counting the years. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I, and Should the, I stop guessing? It's just and the same surname, Africa. So everyone had picked the name Africa. Popular name. Larry Africa, Jerry Africa. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jerry Africa. This is Larry Africa. <laughs> this is Africa Africa. Uh, crazy dude. This guy's wild. We're all one. Double F. <laughs> yeah, we're one years old. Um The children born to move were forbidden from synthetic formal education, as it was called. <clears throat> they were not taught to read or write. You know what? You're going to be like me. Stupid. Yeah. What was it? Was it good enough for me? Then it's good enough for you. You don't need to read. John Africa. Step over this dead baby. John Africa. <laughs> I know my shit. <laughs> and cockroaches. Cockroaches. John Africa knew how to bring people in and make them the system the enemy, right? So right. the education is, you know, oh, whose education are you getting? Yeah. That kind of shit. As the years passed, Move gained members and grew bolder. The headquarters expanded into the twin house next door, which Move simply took over after its tenants moved out. Cool. That's fine. Hey, Squatter that place tribes. is empty. 
ours. And I wonder why the people moved out. We work under uh, the concept of dibs. Uh, And we're going to call dibs. So that's just how move rolls. By the way, we're one. I don't think that's a legal thing. No, no, legal dibs. We have dibs, so try to take it away. I'm pretty sure that's not dibs. A, okay, binding. They say they have dibs. I can hear you still. Okay. Soon, neighbors were plagued by rats and foul odors. <laughs> those two don't. Those two. How, how are those two symbiotic? I have no idea. <laughs> and the headquarters grew into a compound surrounded by large wooden posts. It looked like a military stockade. Move made compost piles of garbage and human waste in their yards. Which attracted the rats and cockroaches. At what point? <laughs> the, what? Okay, so they decided to. So they have like a. It's like a. Like it sounds like a duplex, like a Victorian house sure. duplex. It sounds like a lovely place at one it's point. It's a nice place. Yeah. So then they. It's like get, club. So then they get a bunch of wood posts from where? I don't know. They probably went over near the zoo and cut down trees. Yeah, they and, stole and them they, from someone. And they put. So it looks like the beginning of uh, a Braveheart around you know, the fucking English cool. fort. Yeah. And then they just start shitting in the yard. Cool. And throwing all their garbage there. Hey. So at what point as a neighbor are you like, um. Oh, I think a long time ago. So. <laughs> but now people are just leaving and not <clears throat> trying to get them evicted. Question. Yes. Why are you shitting in the yard? That's where we're shitting. There'll be no more questions. <laughs> so for the rats to eat, dummy. Um, they consider it morally wrong to kill pests. Okay. So they don't kill pests. Right. Sure. That's that Yewa thing or whatever. Yahweh. Yahweh. Yeah, Yahweh or the highway. Yahweh or the highway, baby. Because of the time and the place, many people refuse to see move as anything but victims of police brutality and racism. Well, people are okay. dumb as fuck. But that makes sense, right? Yeah, of course. In this course. crazy liberal area. Well, that is the problem with like li- liberalism in a way, right? Is that a lot of times you are too nurturing yes. and too understanding. Sure. And the evil takes advantage. Uh, but at the time, there is a lot of racism. Totally. And... The cops well, are racist. And at, yeah, if you saw this at that point. I mean, even now, if you saw this, you'd sort of be like intrigued. Like, all right, what's oh, the plan a yeah, little bit? Because I don't like what the government's doing. What are you offering? But it's not oh, like- rat and shits. Well, I'm <laughs> against that, too. So, But it's maybe not as bad. Uh, those people living close to the headquarters were constantly being threatened and harassed. Co-op members who tried to convince Palatin neighbors that move was a genuine threat were called racist. So anybody who lives on that block is like, hey, man, there's rats and there's shit in the yard. And they're saying they're going to kill us. Racist. And people around the block are like, oh, really? You don't like black people? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no. I didn't say that. They're shitting in their yard. Really? Really? They oh. all look the same to you. Oh. <laughs> Funny how that works. Might want to open your mind a little bit, bro. Yeah, no, he says they're shitting in the yard. <laughs> he said what? He's racist, motherfucker. Fucking racist? God damn, in this day and age? Oh, are they wearing bones in their noses yeah, too? Yeah, oh, let me guess. Yeah, they're carrying baskets on their heads. You racist fuck! It's members of the co-op now broken a bitter... The members of the co-op broken a bitter factional disputes, quarreling about whether move sympathizers should be permitted into other co-op houses and suing each other in common pleas court over a proposed sale of the co-op's property. So it's just... Breaking up. So things are good. Things are fucking totally coming apart. Four co-op members lodged a formal appeal with the Philadelphia police for help. They asked for the placement of metal shields over the front porch of the co-op apartment building across the street from move members. A steel wall between them and move. So they were like, 
I have I have an idea how to fix this. <laughs> have you seen uh, Israel Palestine? No, that hadn't happened yet. Uh, oh, uh, so it'd be like Dublin. Okay, yeah. So sure. have you seen the wall that yeah. separates the? That's what we should do. Orange on one side. It's Green and leprechauns like, on the other. It's a lot like the sitcom where you're like, we'll just put a line of tape down the middle. <laughs> that's your half. That's my half. Except a little higher stakes. Move did not respond well to police involvement. Shocking. I'm surprised to hear that. They sent a written statement to the police on May 20th, 1977. Well, hopefully we didn't let John Africa write it. Well. it's going to be in crayon. Don't attempt to enter Move headquarters or harm Move people. And yes, you want an international incident. <laughs> Because our last name's Africa. That's international. <laughs> we are prepared to hit reservoirs, empty hotels, and apartment houses, close factories, and tie up traffic in major cities of Europe. What? I mean, it's a little bit off. It's a lot off. The target's off. It's off. They're like, uh-huh. Okay. Do that. <laughs> it's like if my neighbor came over and was like, hey, man, I don't like what you're doing. I'm like, I'm going to fuck up Concord. <laughs> That's in New Hampshire, right? You know, that's right, bitch! That's it. If you don't stop fucking with me, I'm going to call my friend in England and have him punch his neighbor! <laughs> Teach you. We are equipped, We are equipped, well-trained, and expert in guerrilla tactics. We are not a bunch of frustrated middle-class college students, irrational radicals, or confused terrorists. We are a deeply religious organization, totally committed to the principle and belief as taught to us by our founder, John Africa. We are not looking for trouble. We're just looking to be left alone. Well, we are one. I wouldn't have started with the threats if I was looking to be left alone. No. Because they're the police, and that's actually illegal to threaten the police yeah. <laughs> and just make terrorist threats about the world. And I would not say what we're not, because that's what you are. Right. The, like, whole, like, the whole thing is I'm looking for trouble, I'm looking for trouble, I'm looking yeah. for trouble, and then I'm not looking for trouble. <laughs> but it's like, we are not a bunch of disbanded college students who have no clue what we uh, you are. Yeah, you, you are, are a little you bit. Are. Yeah, a little bit. You're yeah. one years old. The statement was signed with the chemical equations for nitroglycerin and TNT. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, man, I like the words, but how do we sign this? What's our John Hancock on this bitch? Uh, I mean, they're making the police go to, like, another department real quick. Like, what is that? I what thought a, so. All right. Okay, fucking let's Jesus get the Christ. tank. It was just the kind of thing to capture the attention of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Shocking. <laughs> A siren was going off in their headquarters. <laughs> Move man- members dressed in military-style fatigues and carrying handguns and rifles stood atop their barricaded Palatin compound. The same day, a shotgun that police took from a Move member who had left the compound was traced to Glassy. Okay. Glassy was then arrested and facing a five-year prison term for falsifying federal firearms forms. He became a snitch. Oh, Jesus. Right? Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> That's why people think he was part of the FBI. Because oh, because he just let it. Yeah, he, he fucking, let it All of a sudden he's rolling and he's working with them. It's all very – like yeah. start the thing. Get the ball rolling. Get these people all fucked up shitting in their yard. Yeah. I mean, first of all, tremendous police work if that's true. A top notch. But, but then all of a sudden he's working with the FBI. Okay, so <laughs> – Glassy had already become disillusioned with Move and John Africa when he joined John Africa Preach Nonviolence, and now he was becoming a weapons freak, requesting all Move members to obtain bazookas and mortars. See, now doesn't that make you think he's okay. not FBI, that he just rolled because he's like, yeah, I mean, I part think of the so. I think so, but also, 
If I'm yeah. if I'm following a dude and I'm like, yeah, man, I like animals, and yeah. then he's like, go get a bazooka. I'm like, how the fuck am I gonna get a bazooka? Mm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go and get a what am I Safeway? Like, where's a fucking bazooka? I go down to the grocery store. I'm like, hey, where's your bazooka? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. How are you getting a fucking? Yeah, no, we're it's a not... martyr. Yeah. <laughs> He's just ordering them to get it. He told ATF that Move members would kill if John Africa ordered them to. Glassy said Move had stockpiled bombs. Over the past year, he and other Move members had flown to cities across the nation and to London, where they left bombing timing devices without explosives in hotel rooms. These were accompanied by threatening letters warning that Move would strike for real if Philadelphia did not stop its harassment. Okay, all right. So, no, no, no. Oh, no, what? No, no, it no, makes no, complete no. sense. No, wait, it makes wait, complete wait. sense. Can Go we, ahead. Can we recap? Go ahead. We, what they're doing is putting a cap on the problem. They're taking care, taking care of the situation. So what they're doing mm-hmm. is... Yeah, go ahead. They're basically <laughs> making fake bombs around... In, like, Seattle. The, the country and uh-huh. world. Yeah. Uh, with letters. With letters that are basically like, hey... Imagine if this was real. Yeah. And then we live in another place. Yeah. That has nothing to do with this. Yeah. Hey, Hey, Toronto, what you thinking? (laughs) Yeah. Huh? Feel threatened? By the way, we're in jail now and incapable (laughs) of ever following through on this. But admit for a second you were a little bugged out. (laughs) A little bit, right? A little bit for a second. Shit got freaky, did it not? Did it not get freaky? Imagine. It's we left bad, imagine bombs all over the world. It's almost like this is a plan that was made by a guy with a third grade education. <laughs> yeah. We'll make fake bombs. Leave them. Yay! <laughs> so, uh, Glassy then went to pick. Okay, so then Glassy went to pick up all of Move's weapons and caches from two homes of two Move members while the ATF o- overwatched. Okay, so they so send basically him, like a sting. Yeah, they send him in to grab some shit and get out of the house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That haul from that day included 20 bombs, a pile of bomb parts, two shotguns, eight high-powered rifles, and a handgun. Jesus. Also recovered were books, the Anarchist Cookbook, <laughs> the Silencer, Snipers and Assassins Handbook, an OSS manual on sabotage, and an Army field manual on explosives. So they seem like they're in a good spot. They're reading... They're just doing a little reading. Look, John Africa needs to be read to as he goes it, to bed. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Is it wrong to have a hobby? I'll tell you what, Dave. If there's one thing I've learned on the dollop, it's yeah. <laughs> yep. Sometimes it is wrong to have a hobby. In September 1977, 10 Ever heard members, of a breeder reactor? I, oh. <laughs> uh, well, it's a hobby I have. I don't have any skin. Um, in, in September 1977... Ten move members, headed by John Africa, were indicted by a federal grand jury on charges of conspiracy and of manufacturing and possessing bombs. But when federal agents and police went to serve the warrants, John Africa was gone. Then Mayor Rizzo said, quote, they wouldn't be able to get away with what they're in communist countries they love. That's what's wrong with America. We're backing off too much. Wait, what is his point? This is the mayor. Yeah, Mayor Rizzo. What is his point? He's saying that... the. Okay, so he's calling him communist, yeah. right? And he's saying, so if this was fucking communist China or communist... It would be okay? Yugoslavia, uh, then they would they would be able to get away with... Right. They wouldn't be able to get away with that there. Communist China would be like, we're going to fuck your shit up. Yeah. And that's what's wrong with America is so we're letting these fucking hippies... <laughs> He's shit asking their yards. for communists, so he's one of the rare. Yeah, he is a rare. He is a rare guy okay. saying that we should be more communist. 
You just you don't you don't hear a lot of that rhetoric around you this time don't in the states. Hear it. You don't hear it from a guy who's saying, let's take the really bad part Political. of communism. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of good to communism. Let's not focus on that. They would fuck these assholes up. Okay? In late 1977, Mayor Rizzo ordered police to barricade move headquarters. So they come in and they just put walls on the street. And they, they literally barricade and block the building the off. The irony that the group's name is Move. I mean, yeah. You won't be moving, move. Oh, we're going to move. You won't move, move. Here comes the moving van. Jesus, I think move's going to try to move. And so the supporters defied the mayor and brought the modern supplies. So you see video of their barricaded and hippies are coming with bags of shit. Like, hey, man, here's some zucchini. Here's some zucchini, brother. I like what you're doing. Fight the man. Fight Fight the the man. man. It smells like shit real bad, by the way, but here, man. So uh, it's really great. So <clears throat> then he says, oh, wait, supporters defied, brought supplies. On August 8th, 1978, after negotiations failed, police move in. Okay. The police will be in there to drag them out by the backs of their necks. They're going to be taken by force if they resist. Never underestimate, underestimate an opponent. Never underestimate an opponent. Always get in there with more than is necessary, and you overpower them, Mayor Rizzo. Mayor Rizzo is not a good mayor. What do you mean? Well, first of all, Mayor Rizzo has not not have a ring to it. It's bad. (laughs) It sounds kind of guttery to begin with. Hello, Mafia. And I'm also noticing his policies are that of uh, shoot first, ask questions last. Oh, yeah, there's definitely a, uh, hey, we're going to fuck them up feeling about all this. Yeah. You want to fuck me? I'm going to fuck you. Mayor Rizzo. <laughs> Commencement address. Philadelphia Square. <laughs> hey, look me in the fucking eyes. Mayor Rizzo, second term. We'll give these hippies AIDS. Mayor Rizzo, re-election speech. <laughs> He's all, he, now, of all the dumb shit we have on TV, why can't I see the Mayor Rizzo show? There is... Oh, my God. Just the fucking... Yeah, it's time. Yeah. Uh, now, I quote Move when the police came in with a bulldozer and started knocking. It's <laughs> a, a great start. And started knocking down their fence. Sure. So the bulldozer comes in and starts knocking down their fence yeah. to get to their shit. Those pile. poor rats. You sons of bitches are goddamn motherfuckers. Goddamn motherfucking pigs. God damn it. I'm saying, come on with it, motherfuckers. We'll shit on you, goddamn fools. So that's their response to the Isn't bulldozer. That from the Holy Grail? <laughs> Well, it feels like both sides are a little erratic. Who do you root for in this tour, Dave? <laughs> who's our winner? I'm rooting for the, co- the co-op old lady who's like, I wanted a garden. I'm rooting for the dogs. <laughs> so after the police take down the fence, they start moving in. Firemen set up two fire hoses and are spraying hoses at the house. I mean, you just know that these hippies are just so outmatched. Oh, the, then move shoots. You can see it on video. All the cops and firemen start to scatter. One of the fire hoses is just going crazy because one of the firemen got shot. So one of the fire hoses is just fucking squirting all over the road like you see in a yeah, cartoon. Yeah, like in the Three Stooges. Cops are shot. Firemen are shot. One cop is dead. Officer James Ramp. Well, I was wrong. So then they're like, oh, we have a real situation on yeah. our hands. Uh, and then they continue to spray the house. Is it time to stop spraying? Well, I think I think that... They, they, so they've got the fence down. Yeah. 
And they're like, well, if you move in, it's going to be a fucking gunfight from hell. Right. But if they just keep spraying the house, you, you just, imagine you're sitting in a house that's like, like soaked. Yeah. You're but, in the basement or whatever, and it's just fucking soaked. Eventually, you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, but I mean, you would just, uh, you know, it would make me be like, I don't want to be here at all. How, like, how long do you want to be wet? I mean. How I could, long? Damp. I got to handle damp. Really? Damp. Really? Brother, I go damp for date. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, like it's annoying. I'm wet. It's annoying. My really? Clothes. For how long? I mean, for I could go for days. Yeah, but then it's over. At some point, you're like, I don't want to be wet. But I'd have guns. I'd be like, keep shooting. Shoot till they stop dampening us. One by one. <laughs> twelve member move, baby. One by one, twelve adult move members and some children were driven from the compound, flushed from its basement by water. When one guy came out to give, the, to give up to the cops, they just beat the shit out of him live on the news. So you just see them. They're just kicking a guy in the head. Never heard of anything like that in those days. Right. I mean, he did shoot a cop. So everyone's <laughs> like, I don't see you. Yeah. There's video of them just kicking some guy when he rolls around on the ground. John Africa was not among them. A tricky Africa. Then they tore down the house. Okay. The police just knocked the shit. They knocked it down. Sure. I mean, again, it's crazy strategy, but sure. Move members think there was a police cover-up and that police shot Officer James Ramp. Oh, wow. Because that's how cops operate. Well, yeah, a lot of times in the first, the beginning, the cops will be like, shoot him and then we'll blame them. Shoot Jimmy. That's how they're thinking. Yeah. yeah. They're not thinking of protecting themselves. Then Jimmy was like, I was working uh, for IED. But- it was J- Jimmy's plan. He was like, okay, guys, I'll move over there. Kill me and then go for You it. shoot me in the back shoot of the head the and then you the got head. those motherfuckers. Then earn it. Then earn it. Um, but then move members also said stuff like, the people who know us know that we are not terrorists. We fight cops because they are dirty. They are filthy. They are criminal. So the first sentence doesn't go us? along the first sentence doesn't go with the second sentence at all it's almost like they're completely opposite sentences <laughs> the people who know us know that we are not terrorists fine yeah. fair we fight cops because they are dirty they are filthy they are criminal okay wait <laughs> <laughs> also we didn't shoot that cop okay I'm having a hard time and we my- killed that cop <laughs> that's our statement read it back Okay, good. Nine move members were prosecuted for the murder of Officer Ramp. They were sentenced to 30 to 100 years. So nine of them are put away. Real rough. Real rough sentence, too. The district attorney brought charges against the cops who beat the move guy on camera. Okay. And even though it was clearly videotaped that they had committed a crime, they were found not guilty. Why? Wow. Not, heard of anything not like by a jury, but by a judge. They didn't even... They were like, no, we don't need no jury. Which means that they chose a judge that was like, yeah, kicking a guy in the head's cool. Yep. All on right. Ca- that's on lunch. camera. Yep. That's lunch. How about a four-minute trial? You guys good with that? Good. Yeah, that sounds great. While the barricade was going down, three men named Jimmy Lee Fart. Oh, my God. I thought you said Jimmy Lee Fart. Jimmy Lee Fart. <laughs> it sounds like Jimmy Lee Fart. Ernie and Vincent Lee Fart. Wait a minute. Bought property. What? The Fart Brothers? P-H-R-T. The Fart Brothers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. It's Nothing. Sometimes this does seem like know. a plan that was come up by a guy with a third grade education. <laughs> Mr. Fart? That's Dr. Fart. And this is my brother, Mr. Fart. <laughs> Snickersticker. <laughs> 
Yes, we're the farts. Hello, my name is Jimmy Leaf. Jimmy Lee farts. <clears throat> this is my brother Bobby who farts. This is my brother Bobby who farts. We're the farts. You called us? The farts brought property. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, the farts bought property, did they? The farts brought property in Rochester, New York. <laughs> they were, of course, aliases. And one was federal fugitive John Africa. John Africa. Who are we going to be, Johnny? Uh, we're going to be the Fart Brothers. With the Fart Brothers. Move up. Yeah, ready? Fart Brothers, move it in. Okay. <laughs> so, move bought seven houses. Hey, up. we're the Farts. We just moved next door. What's, what do you, do you guys do potlucks? What are you guys doing right here? That's right. Fart. The Farts. Yeah, we. It says right on the mailbox. We're the Farts. <laughs> I can't believe they picked that name. Move bought seven houses over the next four years and a gas station. And then they moved to Rochester. Stockades went up around them. It was the same old pattern. They dug up driveways so the earth could breathe. Weird pattern. Gotta, gotta, gotta let the earth breathe. Earth was like, bah. Oh, my bah. God. Jesus, I thought that was never going to end. I was dying under there. <laughs> hey, the farts. Uh, the porches were torn off the houses and slats were put over windows. John Africa became known in the neighborhood as the dude who enjoyed running. He was running in the streets in bare feet every day. <clears throat> then he started putting out bones for stray dogs and rats. God. Here, ready, ready, ready. Some neighbors began to become upset. Uh, there were conflicts that attracted the attention of the ATF. Yeah, I mean, they really, if you're the, if you're the farts, yeah. uh, you just lay low. <laughs> You've done your fucking thing. Just chill out. Just also, retire as far. One way to lay low is not to call yourself the farts. Yeah, no, big big red flag. I uh, mean, there's probably there's just not a lot of people with the last name. Just fart. you go to ATF headquarters. There's a board with a picture up. There's the leader, Jimmy Fart. What? All right, stop laughing. Come on, you guys. This is serious. Now. These guys are serious business. We're gonna smoke the farts out of the house. <laughs> what is so goddamn? Funny? Why are you laughing? God damn it! All right, now. Back it to Project pretty. Fart. Uh, anyway, Larry Queef. <laughs> so, um, one day, several vehicles pulled up, and John Africa, who was walking a dog on the street, was arrested. They just pulled up, and the guy, hey, the ATF, the ATF agent, rolled down the window, and he's like, I've been looking for you. And John Africa's like, I know. And he just got it. Like, that was it. Jesus. It was that easy. Okay. Um, in interrogation, he said his name was Vincent Life. And then he was one year old. <laughs> goo goo gaga is my statement. <laughs> goo goo gaga gaga goo goo. That's all I have to say. He said it was okay that Move made bombs because society had made all the chemicals to make bombs and they just mixed them together. Okay. That's legal. No, that means that you can make everything yeah. on Earth uh-huh. if you just have the shit. Yeah. So. Your whole organization is built on fucking bullshit. Well, because if you're talking about going back to nature, everything out there that people make you can use, which is everything. Now, you hold on a goddamn second. What? This whole operation is built on dog shit. Okay. Not bullshit. All right. I'm sorry. Son of a bitch. Everything else is completely valid. John Africa's trial went smooth. What? He chose to defend himself. He was very. Uh, he was very respectful. One of the prosecutors thought this was the strongest case he had ever had in his career. It's a third grade education. Glassy was the star witness. Two other movement members defected and backed up Glassy's statements. 
They had the bombs. They had the weapons. Africa's co-defendant, Alfonso Robbins, just put witness after witness up on the stand to testify that John Africa had cured back problems, epilepsy, smoking, marital problems, and drug addictions. <laughs> so there's, there's a couple of things. There's a couple of different trials going on. I can't believe that he cured epilepsy. One is a guy's trying to get a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one's uh, they're trying to prosecute him for the weapons curer. and bombs. Uh, he, he even said it had caught. He even said John Africa had caused it to rain when police were blockading the Palatin compound, which okay. was actually the hoses. Yeah. <laughs> so. Lots of it, too. A torrential downpour. <laughs> really located in one area. <laughs> And then it would move. Very focused rain. Very, very. It was like a storm cloud followed us. Through it all, John Africa only spoke twice. Once to cross-examine an ATF agent and once to deliver his closing argument. On the move was John Africa's greeting as he faced the jury for his closing argument. Oh, Jesus. I love him. I love him. On the move. Everyone's like, oh, this guy's going to get down to business. Uh, before he was finished delivering what amounted to a bizarre sermon, John Africa would cry ten times. He was, by his rights, a victim. I'm not a guilty man. I'm an innocent man. I'm fighting for air that you've got to breathe. And I'm fighting for water that you've got to drink. And if it gets any worse, you're not going to be drinking that water. I'm fighting for food that you've got to eat. And you know, you've got to eat it. And if it gets any worse, you're not going to be eating that food. Don't you see if you took this thing all the way, all the way, you would have clean air, clean water, clean soil, and be quenched of industry. But you see that they don't want that. They can't have that. Monkeys don't shoot people. But people shoot monkeys. Yet monkeys are seen as unclear and people are seen as intelligent. You can go as far as you want in the forest and you won't find no jails because animals of the forest don't believe in jail but come to civilization and that's all you see. I rest my case. He needs to see the last planet of the apes. <laughs> his whole argument is bullshit. It really is. They have guns and jails. Yes. Hello. Caesar's quite a man. This is way after the fucking movies have come out. All five of them. Now, here's what's crazy, right? Yeah, okay, go. so what he's saying is not that awful. What he's saying is... I want to protect uh, us from pollution and, uh, you know, the government. Right, right. It, it, That's like, what I'm of, trying to do, the work of the planet. Yeah. However, the plan... Also, monkeys don't have jails. Also, monkeys do not have jails. Right. The plan, uh, the way he pitches the plan is not clear or good. Mm. Well, I don't know. But what he's going for is jury nullification. Do you know what that is? Oh, no. So jury... Like, if you go... If you sit on a jury for a guy that is being prosecuted for smoking pot, sure, you can say, I don't believe that's a, a just law. Right. And just say not guilty based on jury nullification. Wow, okay. So I think that's what he's going for. So he's trying to get them to basically not believe in the crime he's charged with. Right. Right, okay. I the wish jury, I knew that was a thing. The jury deliberated for six days. Okay. Now this is this is the prosecutor says it's the strongest case he ever had in his career. Was like, He's like, right. what in the fuck is happening? 
Africa and Robbins were acquitted. Wow. The prosecution was stunned. It was the only case one prosecutor ever lost in his whole career. Wow. They had so much evidence, they were withdrawing some evidence during trial presentation. We, we they don't were throwing out. We don't want to bore them. They'll be exhausted. How many bombs do we evidence. have to show them? Just ease up. Yeah, we can show them 10 instead of 30. They, we're, oh, we're over-evidenced, you guys. Have you heard of over-evidence? We're over-evidenced. We're overselling this crime. We're talking ourselves out of a guilty. As he walked to his car, it's such a great video. As John Africa was walking to his car, he was asked how he felt when the verdict was read, and he said, Nothing. I was asleep. <laughs> Which was true. He was sleeping half the time during the trial. After his acquittal, John Africa moved to home on Osage Avenue that his sister owned. He was now obsessed with his own power, telling his followers that he had outsmarted the entire United States. He began convincing the kids to hate their parents and started ordering move kids to beat up their parents. He then told the young children that he was now their mother and father. New rules. I'm your parents. And then those people that used to be your parents, I want you to beat up. Beat them up. Beat them up. Thank you to Uncle Fart. Seen Children of the Flies? We're doing (laughs) that. Who's got the conch? I do. You'll be piggy. We're going to use your glasses to make fire and burn your parents. Africa never ventured outside the Osage Avenue headquarters. (laughs) It was a blue-collar neighborhood. Kids were playing ball on the streets. Parents would sit on the stoop. Everyone knows each other. Uh, And then right in the middle of that, crazy fucking people move into a house, board up the windows immediately, and then start blasting from a loudspeaker. You motherfuckers, what in the fuck are you doing out there? Do you know what's going on here, you sons of bitches? You're around here fucking everybody up. What the fuck is going on? Oh, boy. You're like, who is this guy running for mayor? Did we buy in the wrong... Don't vote for him. Did we buy in the wrong neighborhood? Just blasting... This new hip-hop is very unfocused. The new neighbors are a bummer. Next-door neighbors would just lay in bed at night and cry and hope the city would come find a way to deal with the situation. You certainly couldn't talk to the move members. They would go down the street to the park, cut down trees, and drag the logs up the street and into the house. <laughs> Wood would be stacked up in the front of the house. There was so much of it, neighbors asked them to do something about it, so Move put all the wood on the roof. They built two bunkers on the roof. What? So in the middle of this... Roof bunkers? So in the, <laughs> so in the middle of this nice little street, there's one house that has all the, bo- all the windows boarded up, and then they also took the, they like took the wood paneling off the building so you could, you know, you can look through little slats yeah. if you take off the paneling. They did that. Uh, they built the bunkers up top with holes to shoot guns out of. Now I know why he wasn't an exterior designer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's a fence made of trees in the front yard with compost piles. This compost has got to stop. And there's like dudes climbing up the front of the house, like rappelling up with axes on their back. And you're just like, I'm going to take my I kid f- to soccer. I feel like our property value has gone down. <laughs> I feel, am I crazy to think that the neighborhood is not what it used to be? <laughs> Since they started becoming lumberjack I remember, terrorists. I remember I would get upset about where Jim parked his car. Yeah, and you remember that? We so used to much. just get angry about the bush hanging over the fence, <laughs> but now it's just like, God, I, I long for those days. <laughs> now it's a, there's a there's giant a pile pleasure. of... There's a pile of shit in what no, used to be a driveway. Literally a shit pile. I'm not even using a... This is literally a pile of shit. On May uh, 3rd, 1984, a dude went on top of the move house with a shotgun... Wearing a mask on his face. Hey, that's comfortable to come home to. Police came. There was a standoff. The standoff lasted two hours. Police never entered the house and no arrests were made. No arrests were made. Well, because 
technically, it's not a crime. Is it not a crime to sit on the roof of your house with a mask and a loaded gun? It's not. Not in America, because we're mean, out of no. our fucking well, minds. Well, I know now. I mean, when I was in college, we got into a beef with a guy across the street who was a real fucking weirdo. And there were like five of us living in the house. And it was, it was a suburban place. And the dude went into his house and brought out like a fucking dirty, hairy gun, like a huge pistol. And he just sat there staring at our house, sitting on his car. And we called the cops and the cops came. They're like, yeah, that's Jimmy. He's cool. I'm like, he's not fucking, that's like a threat. I'm like, yeah, no, it's cool. So well, we had now- it for two days. He just sat out there with a gun staring at our house. It's legal. Sounds, the cops are like sounds illegal. He, <laughs> the cops are like he has a he has a right to the gun. Well, now he's on his go, property. You now you can go to restaurants with like AK forty seven. Yeah, I but mean, that that's that's how that. it should be because just in case. Well, you never know. How are you going to eat out without the safety of knowing that you can protect Don't your family? You feel better eating your home fries with a man who has a loaded Uzi. Have you the table? seen Red Dawn? Do you know what's happening? <laughs> Things are good here. Uh, so. Um, the Philadelphia DA, DA got permission from the courts to evict move. The info they got to uphold the evictions was from two move members who were confidential informants. One was the woman who owned the house, who happened to be John Africa's sister, who he had his nephew beat up. <laughs> so the DA pursued charges of disorderly conduct, parole violation, criminal conspiracy, and terroristic threats. On May 12, 1985, the police began to evict the street. Osage Avenue and the surrounding area. Naturally, it was Mother's Day. When else would you do this? A great time. You've had so much time. Yeah. Pick Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, they told neighbors they would have to be out of the house for 24 hours. A reporter asked one neighbor what he thought would happen, and the man said, I think you'll have to kill all of them. The police commissioner, Commissioner Sambor, had prepared an announcement for the people inside of the house. He read it into a bullhorn like a lunatic. Attention, move! This is America. I mean, seriously, <laughs> like start. who on the who in this story isn't a crazy asshole? It's like this I is, finally get to be in that Rambo movie. This is and, America. This is America talking. Like what in the fuck? So then he reads the warrants. This is it's not America. Yeah, You're the police, jackass. Yeah, just, yeah. just say your fucking name. You're just, police commissioner Sambor. Just do your job. This is America. Okay. The, this is and America. Then, and then moves like, no, this is America, motherfucker. Oh no, they, no, they fucking did not. <laughs> did they just say they're America? Moves said they would not surrender. They said they would kill all the cops, and that the cops' wives would be sleeping with other men before the end of the day. It's quite a bold proclamation. It's pretty, presu- no it's pretty presumptuous, is it not? No grieving. So they're they're just assuming that that once they kill these cops, yeah. their wives are gonna be like, "I gotta fuck something." Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Uh, they also said the cops' wives would be sleeping with black men before the end of the day. How dare they? So on one hand, they're saying your wives are whores, you're gonna be fucking black men. But they, but then they're all aren't they also saying that black men aren't. That great because they're, they're saying it's dirty to fuck a well, black man. Well, yeah, they're definitely they're hitting a lot. There's a lot of shrapnel to go around <laughs> right now. Yeah, they're definitely saying that the wives are whores and that they're black men whores, which are war- lesser they're, whores. They're so bad they're going to sleep with guys like us. Yeah. Okay, I'm not <laughs> sure. Yeah, coming from the guys who live on shit mountain. <laughs> the cops started spraying tear gas, a whole shitload of tear gas. It just, More rain! It's just a giant cloud. More rain, we prayed, and this rain hurts! It's in our eyes. Uh, so tear gas is covering the whole neighborhood. Then move shot at the cops with automatic weapons. Okay. 
everyone could hear the automatic weapons firing. And then it had to be coming from move. But after the entire episode was over, police did not find any automatic weapons. They didn't have any guns capable of automatic fire, it turns out. But the police commissioner is positive that Move shot with automatic weapons, but he can't explain why they didn't have automatic weapons. Sometimes guns dissolve. Yeah, I've seen that in Terminator. Or they just, yeah, they turn into dust or whatever. Yeah, yeah, dust guns. So clearly the cop shot first. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So they shoot a bunch of tear gas so no no news cameras can be around. Right. And there's nothing no that can be there. No witnesses either And then they start fucking shooting on the house. Uh, so now once they shoot, they can be treated as violent felons right. in, in the middle of a crime. So that's, that's now where we are. Now they're violent felons yep. who can be, you can do whatever you want. Yep. The move people sent the kids down into the garage and the men went up to the roof. There were three women, four men and six children in the house. John Africa was one of them. The police ran out of bullets in the morning. They used 10,000 rounds of ammunition in the morning. Holy shit. Happy Mother's Day. Apparently, it sounded like Vietnam. It was just like the most fucking insane. 10,000 bullets. Yeah. Because of the bunkers. You'd think that there would be a casualty. Oh, uh, well, if you're and just shooting at a house. Still, you'd think somebody would be like, all right, I'm just going to. Ah, shit. Well, they have bunkers. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, yeah, right? Because of the bunkers on the roof, police, police thought Move were in a better tactical situation than them. The cops sprayed fire cannons. At the bunker off a crane, like they did before with mm-hmm. the other house. 10,000 yep. 10, gallons a minute. They wanted to knock the bunker over. Now, Move had already gone through the water torture episode. Yeah. So now they're like me. They're well, so they had, they, had a, they had a plan to ah. counter. They put tarps on the bunker so no water got in. Jesus, is real, I mean, it's amazing tarps. how simple. Yeah, tarps. tarps. You know, we should get this time tarps. So they're just and the blasting. Like, God damn it, they got tarps. That fucking bunker isn't coming down. This is America. You tarp trick. Uh, so then everyone took a break, had lunch. Like, all right, everybody, let's just take a smoke. Take, take a five. Pick five. We're gonna come five. up with a plan. And while they're sitting around, it's five p.m. Someone from the bomb squad was like, "Hey." I got an idea. Why don't we fly a helicopter over the house and we'll drop a bomb on it? And everyone was like, that sounds cool. Whoa. The mayor was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Let's do this that. This is America after all. Uh, everyone was like, yeah, I don't see what could go wrong. The police loaded a satchel with four pounds of water gel explosive and C4 plastic explosive on a 45-second fuse. <laughs> love your face right now. What? I wish people could see your face. What the fuck? The helicopter a helicopter hovered about 15 feet over the roof and this, dropped... This, are and you fucking <laughs> shitting me? They're about to drop it? Ah, oh, we went full dollop. <laughs> <laughs> what? You were so on board for the whole thing. You're so like, yeah, this is, yeah, this all makes sense. Yeah. They dropped a huge bomb on the roof. Um, it explodes and the bunker's still there. What the fuck? So five minutes after the bomb, smoke starts pouring out of the house and the police turned off the water cannon. (laughs) Sweeties. Because, (laughs) hey, there's fire. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it it all down. We're hurting ourselves. That's what you do when there's fire, right? Uh, then 15 minutes later, the fire is now raging out of the house. Now it's fire coming out of the house. 
They still did not turn on the fire cannon. You see where this is going? Yeah. The fire commissioner was told by the police commissioner to let the fire burn. Because he wanted the tactical situation. He wanted the bunker to burn down. Yeah. And the fire commissioner was like, yeah, that sounds good. I'm just a fire commissioner. It's fine if there's a fire burning in the middle of the city. Like I, don't know what, uh, I don't know what these are good sandwiches. What is, is this? Uh, <laughs> is it egg? What is, this, uh, is it a bologna? That's amazing. Um, so it burned. Yeah. And it burned. And the mayor's watching on TV in his office in City Hall. Now, Philadelphia... Mayor Rizzo. Philadelphia is one of the last... No, this is a different oh, mayor different now. One. now. Now we have a black mayor. Oh, God. He's probably sleeping with some of those cop wives. Right? Whores. So he's watching on TV. Now, Philadelphia is one of the last cities to get cable in America. Okay. I assume because of all the mob shit and whatever else. Sure. So he's watching on an antenna in his office. You know, old yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. Rabbit And he saw water coming in, pouring onto the fire. He later realized, after several minutes, that that was just bad reception. It was snow. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's little dots. Oh, my God. Not water. Yeah. Fire dots. <laughs> <laughs> and then he realized it was a bad TV signal, and he ordered them to put the fire out. That was at 6 p.m. The police commissioner said that he told the fire commissioner to put out the fire, but the fire commissioner said that the police commissioner did not tell him to put out the fire, so it just kept burning. There's a stakeout video from across the street, like right across the street. They're in, they're in, a, in a building. Sure. Windows open. And the, the, the house that John Africa in is engulfed in flames. Right. And the cops are talking on the video. You can hear them talking while the, it's pointed at the house. And the cops say, I bet they won't call the police commissioner a motherfucker anymore. And then they all just laugh. Aye, 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 and then they all just laugh because it's a fucking barbecue. <clears throat> so now it's getting dark. Oh, now, yeah, it is. Remember the last time they had a standoff with the cops and they beat the shit out of that guy? Yeah. Right on the news. Yep. Now, wouldn't you say that of those three cops, you wouldn't have one of them no. in a tactical position that's very important you during this? You would say no. You would not have him in that position. One of the cops who was put on trial for beating up the move guy in 1978 was there. He was behind the house in the alley with his partner, the only place that no one could see with cameras, and they had a machine gun. Oh, my God. So there's no view of anything from anybody. Just whatever those guys say happened, happened. Oh, boy. The house is completely engulfed in flames. In the alley, the move members open up the garage door and say they're coming out. Specifically, they yell they want to get the kids out. Police say Ray Africa then came out and started shooting. Mm -hmm. But a boy who was in the house later said that Ray did not have a gun in his hands because he was carrying a child and a monkey wrench that he helped to use to open the garage door. And monkey wrenches... Don't shoot. Yeah. Yet. Not yet. Someday. Um, so the fire at this point starts jumping from building to building. Then the boy says he heard. They actually asked the kid in court in a deposition. Make the sound it made. And he goes. And he just taps on the. So they're shooting the fucking machine gun. At. Yeah. Then Ray ran back inside the house and put the garage door back up. 
The cops say he ran back into the inferno because they were going to regroup and figure out a new plan. There's a great video of a minister being like, see, can you tell me what makes a man run into fire? And the cops are like, uh, just to regroup. Regrouping. Regroup. And he goes. Forgot his wallet. He goes, I guess I'm trying to. Under-, and he just keeps asking him. I guess I'm trying to understand. Because for me, that wouldn't make me run into fire. Yeah. And the cops are like, yeah, I know. It's weird. He's it's really a weird, weird thing. Weird guy. Yeah. They love fire. They love the guy. Loved fire. I'm a really big fan of fire. Big fire guy. Uh, so the cops say all they said was, come on down with your hands up. But they also had a machine gun. Uh, one kid ran out. His name was Birdie, and a woman named Ramona Africa. At that point, everything was on fire. The cops said it looked like they just ran out of fire. Ramona was on one side of the fence and tried to lift Birdie over, but she dropped him and he fell down and was knocked out or winded briefly. So a cop decided to go help, even though the cops, were, other cops, were like, "Don't fucking run! It's a trap! She's going to shoot you!" He yeah. ran over and grabbed the kid and got him safely out. Uh. Ramona and Birdie were the only move members to survive. Everyone died in the fire. The fire kept burning. 61 homes burned down. The whole neighborhood burned. Everyone was like, get out of here for Mother's Day. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Families were like, yeah. oh, we're here to celebrate our mother. Oh, there's not going to be a thing there. It's just, it's just like a city block is burned to nothing. It's ashes. Worth it. Oh, right. Worth it. That's what I'm saying. Hashtag worth it. The city's first black mayor had dropped a bomb on a black neighborhood. In the wake of the disaster, Mayor Good said the police commissioner and manager and managing director had done outstanding jobs. Quote, it did not turn out as we had intended, but it was the right decision. It was a good plan and it could have worked. Nay. You know what? Almost. Next time. Do we get an almost there? Mulligan. 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 You know what? Next time, a smaller bomb. Hey, you live, you learn. You know what? What's wrong with trying? You live, you learn. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, a few days later, he apologized tearfully on TV. And he was reelected in 1988. What do you have to do in Philadelphia to not get reelected? I mean, really? You burned down 64 houses and killed 12 people or whatever. Like you, children, like you. Yeah, but this guy's unattractive. <laughs> And the other mayor's just crazy. Yeah, the other guy's... Um, The mayor left politics in 1991 to become a minister. He now runs a youth mentoring program. The city of Philadelphia paid to rebuild the houses. So that was nice, right? Sweet, sweethearts. Oh, the houses were all condemned in 2001 because of shoddy construction. Hey, Did I leave that part out? That's cool. Finally, the uh, Mayor Street offered owners 150000 and threatened to demolish the houses for those who didn't accept his offer. Cool. Well, they've just been <laughs> sweet throughout the whole process. That's <laughs> why do Philadelphians have this, like, uh, why do people think they're mean? I don't know. I don't it is weird that people it's think crazy. that. Many took the buyout, but 24 families went to federal court. In 2005, the 24 homeowners won a... $12 million suit against the city for botched rebuilding and repairs on their homes. So that's good, right? Yeah. In 2008, a three-judge federal appeals panel reduced that amount to 150000 for all the homeowners. <laughs> hey, fuck them. Here's, uh, here's my judgment. Fuck you. All right. That's recess. We're adjoined. Hey. You go fuck yourselves. Hey. Oh, I want a house. Eat my judge balls. It's Philadelphia. Ramona Ramona Africa represented herself in court, and she went to jail for several years. The cop who testified in the commission 
hearing about the events, who ran to Bertie and saved his life, was named James Berghair. He had nigger lover written on his police locker. He was diagnosed with PTSD and left the force in 1987. He saved a kid's life, and the other cops were furious. A child. He saved a child. Mm. He in the commission in the commission hearings. He's like almost crying about having what he's about being a part of yeah. killing people. He's almost crying, and the other cops look like bad guys from a, an eighties helicopter heist movie. They've got mustaches and the and you know, like yeah. So uh, you look know they the came, pussy crying. They came out. They came out trying to shoot at us out of the fireball, and we were like, "Fuck you!" Like it's yeah. The commission. Found, the commission that investigated found Mayor Good and two other officials, Police Commissioner George Sambor and Fire Commissioner William Richmond, had been grossly negligent. The deaths of the moved children appeared to be unjustified homicide, it said. The report charged Good with political cowardice and called the city's actions morally reprehensible. No charges were filed. Bertie, whose real name was Michael Ward, went to live with his father, who had been stationed in the military overseas during this whole thing. Bertie died at the age of 41 when he got drunk and passed out in a hot tub on a Caribbean cruise. That's how I want to go. <laughs> Such a better ending. Yeah. Such a better ending. Way better. What is this, wine? <laughs> That's hot tub. <laughs> you know, getting scared of the hot tub is gin. Okay. <laughs> Leave him be. He'll be fine. I can go under the water. Oh, boy. Move is still around. Its members still agitate. Move is still around. Jesus. Its members still agitating for the release of the eight members who have been in prison for the 1978 cop killing. Most of the two dozen or so members, all of whom take the surname Africa, live in a house three miles from Osage Avenue. They eat a lot of raw food. They homeschool their children. But the tactics have changed since the bombing drew the world's attention. Yeah, good. Ramona Africa, who's now out of jail, says it's not necessary for us to be on the bullhorn now. People are calling us for information. They speak of John Africa in the present tense, even though his body was recovered in the house. Jesus Christ. My friend uh, Josh Olson reminded me of that story. It's a real feel-good tale. In the 1980s, an American police force murdered, bombed, and bombed murdered. and murdered uh, a, a group of assholes. Let's be, but yeah, children still, and burned down sixty-four houses in nineteen eighty-four. Good times. How you like an American now? I just, you know, just the pride I feel after these. <laughs> is just, it's hard to contain. I just. Uh, that's yeah. great. That's a great story. What a great tale from American history. Isn't I'm it? glad Move's still around too. That's good. That's good yeah. to hear. Well, it's all it's all good. I mean, yeah, it's all good. Like the mayor's last name. It's all good. Yeah, it's See? all good. It must. I bet that was a campaign slogan. Yeah, Mayor Good. That's what is. That's an appropriate title for this. Program. And sometimes fire. That's sometimes. You know what? Sometimes you got to burn down a house. To... Sometimes you got to drop a bomb on a house and kill a bunch of kids. Prove a point. Sometimes you got to level a neighborhood. Hey. You'll never forget Mother's Day. That's right. Happy Mother's Day. Best Mother's Day, Day ever. It's crazy. That's a good one. It's a good one. I was going to do that at PodFest, and then I was like, no, it gets too fucked up at the end. Yeah. 
Yeah. And everyone would just be like, what? Everyone would be like, eh, they spray painted I what? smoke again. They spray painted what on his yeah. locker? How many kids died? Yay, let's set off balloons. Well, good stuff. Good stuff, Anthony. Yeah. Well done. I'm thinking about... I mean, can I'm you get leaving. can you get citizenship leaving. in, in yes. Wales? Yeah, in England, I can. Yeah, and I will. I'm I don't going know how to. much better it is there, but well, listen, rain is rain there. It's not fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God bless America. Danny, God bless America. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth. You know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. To join me for, I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 